Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Hope you have your Bible, something to take notes. <clears throat> We're in a series on the three pillars of Christian growth. The three pillars of Christian growth. If you have your Bible, hold it up. Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the uncompromised Word of God. My mind's alert. My heart's receptive. I'll not leave the same as I came in Jesus' name. And every time I come to Church on the Rock, my faith and my life get stronger and stronger. Let's thank God for the Word today, everybody. Amen, amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Thank God for the Word. Glory to God. Glory to God. Don't take it for granted because a lot of churches aren't teaching the word anymore. A lot of them aren't teaching the word anymore. So thank God we're a word-based church, a church on the rock. Okay? So y'all praying for me that I do a good job today for you. My job is to feed your spirit. That's my job today. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, begin our study, verse 23. And we're finding out that our mission as a Christian, what that is, and then I want to say right up front why you should listen to me today, why you shouldn't, you know, scroll on your phone while I'm talking, why you shouldn't be distracted while I'm talking, because I'm going to help you hear God's voice. I'm going to help you recognize when God's talking to you. The most important thing as a Christian is to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit, is to learn how to recognize and discern, is it the devil, is it God, or is it me, to know the difference. Better decisions, better life. And as your pastor, I want you to have an abundant life, okay? So that's why you should listen. And so we found out our mission is this. You are a trichotomy. It means you're a three-part being, that God is a trinity, and you are a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You're created in his image. You're created in the image of God. So he made you a three-part person. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Amen? And so your mission is to feed your spirit, renew your mind, and control your body. If you do that, you will grow. Now, I've been here 40 years. I have the platform, and I have the history to make this statement. I've seen Christians come and go. I've seen Christians grow, and others stay stagnant decade after decade. Why is that? They don't understand this series I'm giving to you right now. They don't understand that for me to work Christianity, and for Christianity to work for me, I have to know this revelation. 
I don't grow by sitting in church, nor do I become a car by sitting in a garage. I don't grow just because I go to youth group, children's ministry, or come to church. It's just like I don't become a car sitting in a garage or a Big Mac sitting in McDonald's, right? There's things we have to do. What is our mission once we get born again? It's three parts. It's you feed your spirit, you renew your mind, you change your thought life, and you crucify or control your body and your flesh. Everybody with me so far? And the very God of peace. Wow. If you're looking for peace, I want to point you to God. Because he can give you peace, medication can't. He can give you peace, things can't. He can give you peace that relationships and achievements can't. If you're needing peace today, let me point you to the God of peace. Now listen very carefully. When God's in the room, the room is full of peace. The manifested presence of God is peace. The manifested presence of the devil is strife and confusion. I hope you got that. Because if there's strife and confusion at your house, that's demonic manifestation of evil spirits. The manifestation of the devil and his presence is confusion and strife. The manifestation of the presence of God, the anointing, the Shekinah glory, is the peace of God. If I want to be in his presence, I've got to get into his peace. Oh, I like that. That was worth brushing your teeth and flossing and coming to church and bringing your family and dragging your kids here, right? It was worth it right there. Most people don't know that. I just want to know God. Then you're going to have to seek his presence, and you know you're in his presence if there's peace. You've been in a room. I remember years ago when I made all the visitation calls at this church. When this church was young and small and little, every visitor that came, I went to their house. Today, the they'd stick their dog on you or point a gun to you. But I went to their house, and I would visit every visitor. And I could go into that house and tell, and you've been there, when they were fighting or fussing. You could, nobody had to say anything. You could just feel it, the presence. You walk in there, you know that they've been doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. They've been quarreling and arguing. And that manifested presence of the devil, demonic oppression, was in that house. And then I've gone into other homes years ago when I visited every visitor. And I go into their house, and there were peace in that house, the manifested presence of God. If you want to know God's presence, and if you're in his presence, it's the peace of God. And if you're looking for peace, I want to point you to God. I want to point you to Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. You can find peace when you find him. Then I have an amen. And the very God of peace, we can stop there. And that's more than what most people will get in church today. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. This is a prayer. You take Bible prayers and you pray them over you, make them personal. Then they become powerful. I pray God your whole spirit, soul. You see something? Most Christians don't know it. I've been here 40 years. 
They don't know there's a difference between spirit and soul. They think they're the same thing. They are not. That's why they're not growing. They are not. Spirit, soul, and body. Trichotomy. You feed your spirit, you renew your soul, and your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you know your mind is not your brain. And your brain is not your mind. They're two different things. That you would feed your spirit, renew your mind, and crucify your flesh every day. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our mission, everybody. That's what we do as Christians if we're going to grow. All right? So your spirit, what do you do? You feed it. And the voice of your spirit is your conscience. See it on the screen. See it on the notes. That the voice of your spirit is your conscience. Now, remember, I said two weeks ago, when God talks to you, he doesn't talk to your soul. And he doesn't talk to your flesh or your body. So you can't go by reasoning, logic, or feeling and fulfill the will of God for your life. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when God talks to you, he's going to talk to your spirit. And then your spirit, the voice of your spirit, is your conscience. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Next slide. Number two, your soul, you renew it. And the voice of your soul is logic and reasoning. Logic and reasoning. You ever think about this verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? It says, lean not to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Your heart is your spirit, not the physical organ there. It's your spirit. So notice there's a scripture in the Bible that says, don't be led by your reasoning, logic, or understanding. If Kim and I would have been led by logic and understanding, we would be in California or Colorado where we were thinking about when we got out of college. That's what we were thinking about. So if we would have been led by understanding and logic, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. I'm not exaggerating. The hundreds of thousands of people won to Christ over the last 40 years would not have been done. You can't fulfill the will of God without knowing, recognizing, and being led by the Holy Spirit. That's the big idea. If you can remember that, you got something out of church. You cannot fulfill the call of God on your life without having the ability to hear his voice. You cannot fulfill the call of God on your life without the ability to hear the voice of God. It was worth coming to church for that. Number three, body, you crucify it. And what's the voice of your body? Your feelings, your feelings. Now, I'm going to test to see if you're listening. The voice of your spirit is your, the voice of your soul is your, you're, you're cheating. You're looking on the screen behind me. And the voice of your body is your, okay. If you could just remember that, you're way ahead of the average Christian. Okay. Next slide. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the Spirit, capital Spirit, 
is always the Holy Spirit. Do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14. For as many as are led, everybody say led. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, capital S, Holy Spirit. Remember, you can't fulfill God's call on your life without the ability to do what I'm teaching you in this series. Hear the voice of God. You always miss it. If you go by your body, your feelings, or your logic, your head. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, sons there mean men and women. You know that, right? Men and women. And sons there, there's two Greek words for that word son, and the Greek word for that word son is mature ones. So if I'm really a mature Christian, I have developed the ability to be led, not by my feelings, not by my logic, not by my friends, not by my parents, not by the culture, but by the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? If I'm really growing as a Christian, I'm not led by my peers, by what's popular, by the culture, by what my parents think I should be, by my feelings or logic. If I'm growing as a Christian, if I'm mature as a Christian, I've developed the ability to be led by the Holy Spirit and recognize his voice versus my voice or the devil or other people. Verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, isn't it interesting, y'all? When they wrote the Bible, there were no chapters and verses. You know that, right? And do you see something here? That verse 15 is right in the middle of verses 13 to 16. We're talking about how you and I need to learn how to be led by the Spirit. And he throws right in there in the middle of the spirit of fear. Now, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. The Holy Spirit's not schizophrenic. The Holy Spirit doesn't go to some other uh, thought. It's the same train of thought. Pastor, what are you trying to say? What he's saying here is this. You need to make your decisions and your choices out of being led by the Holy Spirit. And don't make your decisions and your choices out of fear and dread. How many decisions have you made out of fear? How, see how quiet it's getting? How many decisions have you and I made out of fear and dread? And what he's saying is, every time I make a decision out of fear and dread, I'm gonna miss the call of God, I'm gonna miss my destiny, I'm gonna miss God's best. Every time I react, make a decision out of fear. But you and I are to make our decisions out of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an old me or an amen? So let me talk about me. If I talk about you, I'm going to get in trouble. Let me talk about me, okay? A few years ago, everybody say a few years ago, okay? A few years ago, um, you know, as you know, I'm a classic car guy, motorcycle guy, and a few years ago, I had this incredible 1967 Shelby Mustang, 428 Super Cobra Jet, 
If you don't know what that is, if you ever saw the movie Gone in 60 Seconds, it's Eleanor. It's Eleanor. So I had this, this was the car of my dreams. I had always wanted this car as a 1967. Wow. Shelby GT500, lime gold, black interior, bad to the bone, four speed, 411 gear. Okay, it was bad to the bone. Paid for, had it, awesome. I get in that, and man, I just, I'm dreaming. I'm bad to the bone. I'm, I, I'm getting high, amen, all right? So a, a financial consultant that Kim and I had, everybody say years ago, over a decade ago, okay? Years ago, my financial consultant came to Kim and I and said, you're going to have to make some adjustments because things are going up and your income's not going up. And so you're not going to be able to make it. This is what he said. You're not going to be able to make it in the future with the way things are that in you, at your house. So you're going to have to make some adjustments. So immediately, what did I do? I thought, hmm, I'm going to have to sell something. I'm going to have to sell something so Kim and I can, can live our lifestyle and and, and, you know, we have enough and more than enough and this, that, and the other. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, seriously, a car guy from Springfield, Missouri that I know called me up and said, you got any cars right now you want to sell? I see, I should have recognized that was the voice of the devil. <laughs> but see, I was being led by my feelings. I was being led by fear and dread. I was afraid of our future because of information I got from our financial consultant. So I said, well, not really, but yeah, I guess. And what do you got? Well, you know that 67 Mustang Shelby GT500 Eleanor? Oh, yeah. I said, I guess I could sell that. We'll be up tomorrow. What do you take for it? Okay. So he came up the next day, and I can still remember Part of my family was crying as he backed it out of my garage, and I was crying, and I went to deep depression, going to go to celebrate recovery. <laughs> I was really sad. I really was. My heart was broken. That was my baby. Oh, wow. And backed it up, put it on the trailer, and drove it away. I pulled it away back to Springfield, okay? The very next week, a movie came out called Gone in 60 Seconds. Now, everybody wanted that car. That guy I sold it to, a month later, sold it five times more than what I sold it to him for. Well over $100,000. I just tell you? $135,000. Okay? Five times more than what I sold it to him for. Why? Because of the movie that came out. It became a movie car. Everybody wanted it. If I hadn't have responded in fear and dread... What? I'd still this afternoon be sitting in that car. <laughs> now, don't look at me like you're so holy, okay? How many of you, we've all made decisions right here in the middle. He's talking about being led by the Spirit and not out of fear and not out of dread. Can I tell you another, another dumb, dumb deal I did? Kim and I, you know, we, we went to Bible college in 1975 and in 1975, I had a brand new red Corvette, saddle tan interior, four speed, 350, 300 horse. I had a 900 ZR Kawasaki. We were going to build a house. We we're going to buy property, this, that, and other. Felt the call to go in the ministry. Went and talked to some preacher people. Here's what they told me Nobody has a Corvette and goes to Bible college. 
Son, you got to sell that car and that motorcycle. Nobody has a motorcycle at the Symbols of God Bible College in Waxahachie, Texas. You got to get rid of them, boy. So I sold the motorcycle out of fear and dread, listening to wrong advice, went downtown Des Moines, Iowa, trying to find something I could trade my Corvette in straight across, talking about doing things out of dread and fear will always miss the Holy Spirit. And that's why he put in here, you haven't received the spirit of fear. So don't make decisions out of fear and dread. So I went downtown Des Moines, Iowa. I went into this dealership and I said, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to college. I got to get rid of my Corvette. He's like, just a car for you. I said, what do you got? A gremlin. <laughs> Yellow. That car was demon possessed. That car was demon. So I traded a Corvette for a gremlin. Now, don't get on my case because we've owned you your past. <laughs> Are y'all with me? How many times have we made decisions out of fear and dread and we miss the will of God, the call of God, the destiny of God, God's plan for our life? That's what I'm talking about, training ourselves to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Next verse, verse 16. The Spirit himself beareth witness not with your head, not with your body, but with your spirit. It's called an inward witness, an inward witness. The Holy Spirit, when he's talking to us, he's going to talk to you with an inward witness with your spirit. Well, well then how am I going to know? He speaks through your conscience. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. Y'all still with me, everybody? That we are the children of God. Next slide. God leads you and speaks to your spirit. Next slide. You can't fulfill God's call without the ability to hear his voice. Kenneth E. Hagin said the most important thing you can do as a Christian is learn how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Next slide. John 10, verse 4. Here's a verse I want to give to you, a takeaway that you and I need to confess every day. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Let's personalize that scripture. Let me give you some homework. Say this with me. I am his sheep, and I hear his voice. I am his sheep, and I hear his voice. You need to say that every day throughout the day. All right, next slide, guys. My sheep hear my voice. Next slide. Inward witness with our human spirit. Next. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. I want to talk about the conscience. Next slide. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. We still okay, everybody? Am I helping anybody today? Praise the Lord. All right. Now, the Spirit, capital Spirit, who would that be? Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly. So notice in the latter times. So we're in the last of the last days. So the Holy Spirit is speaking. The problem is, are we hearing? Are we tuned in? Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Boy, have we seen that since COVID? Big time giving heed to seducing spirits 
and doctrines of devils. I want to give you another statement that's worth you being a part of this church. It will change your life. You ready? Your doctrine determines your experience with God. Your doctrine determines your experience with God. I don't give it. Doctrine means teaching. So the teachings I'm setting under and receiving will determine my experience with God. If I'm being taught God puts sickness on me to teach me, then that's the God I'm going to serve. If I'm sitting under teaching that says God wants to bless me, then that's the God I will experience. Our thing here is God is for you, okay? So if I'm sitting under that teaching and I believe that doctrine, it changes my experience I have with God. I now say God is for me, God loves me, God wants me healed, whole, blessed, God wants my family serving the Lord. God wants me out of debt. God wants me healthy and happy. Your doctrines you accept will determine your experience of the kind of God you will serve all your life. If you're taught that God is angry and you believe that doctrine, then you'll be afraid of God all your Christian walk. If you're taught that God's a good God, then you will experience the goodness of God on your life. Big idea, you have to have the ability to hear God's voice to fulfill God's call for your life. Big idea, your doctrines, the teaching you're setting under, the church you're going to will determine your experience that you have with God all the days of your life. I agree with Oral Roberts, whose son will be here in two Sundays having a miracle crusade. I believe that something good is going to happen to me and my family. How about you? Verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy, look for the word conscience. It's in the Bible, King James Version. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Pastor, that's King James Elizabeth in English. What does that mean? The word seared means dead, deadened. So notice the Bible talks about these people who went away from the faith, now not obeying the Holy Spirit, not obeying God, not, not con consenting to the Bible, not surrendering under the authority of the Bible. Notice their conscience is seared or deadened. Now that word deadened, therefore seared, is also in Romans chapter 1, where it says God lists all the sins when people stop having God in their thoughts. And it says God turned them over to a reprobate, Mind. What is a reprobate mind? They no longer have a conscience. Bad is no longer bad. Bad is no longer bad. They're no longer feel guilty. They're no longer convicted. They no longer care. 
that has to deal with their conscience, okay? Now, your conscience, if my conscience is deadened, then I can't hear God when he wants to talk to my spirit because the voice of my spirit is my conscience. But I can disobey and say no to God in every altar call, say no to God every time God wants to correct me with the word of God, keep saying no to God day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, till I get to a place where my conscience is seared or deadened, or God says, I give them over to a reprobate mind. No longer do they discern good from evil. Powerful. I'm hustling here. Next slide. Next slide. Uh, this charge, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, son in the faith, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that you might war a good warfare. Next verse, verse 19. Holding faith, oh, look for the word conscience, holding faith and a good conscience. Now, you and I want to have a good conscience because without a good conscience, our faith won't work. And a good conscience is a clean conscience, clear conscience. A clean and clear, confident conscience is a good conscience. And I can't hold on to faith or be in faith if my conscience is not clean, clear, and confident. Holding on to your faith with a good conscience. So if I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing and I'm not repenting, then my conscience is condemned. Right? Yeah. And if my conscience is condemned, then my faith won't work because I won't have confidence that my prayers are answered. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some put away concerning the faith, have made shipwreck. Everyone say shipwreck. A conscience that's not good will shipwreck your faith. A conscience that's not clean will shipwreck your faith. A conscience that's not clear will shipwreck your faith. Some start out but never finish, and their faith is shipwrecked because their conscience is no longer clear or clean or confident. All right? Can you handle just about three minutes more? I'm hustling, but I hadn't seen you for two weeks. And you take the place of my Eleanor. I get high now on y'all. Praise God. Next slide, next slide. For if my heart condemns me, as the team comes out, if my heart condemns me, wow, condemnation. God is greater than my heart, and he knows everything. Verse 21, beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. If, I'm, if I don't feel guilty and shame and my conscience is bothering me, it, it, but if my conscience is clean and clear and I have confidence, then my prayers get answered. But if my conscience is seared, uh, if my conscience is not clean and not clear, I can pray till the cows come home and God won't hear my prayer. Verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23. Next verse. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, 
Love one another as you give us the commandment. The whole big idea there is this. When we come to God in prayer, if our, if our heart condemns us, then our prayers won't work. But if our heart doesn't condemn us or our conscience is clean and clear, we have confidence, then God hears us. The big idea is this. I want to feed my spirit, renew my mind, and crucify my flesh. But we're still on the spirit. I need to work on my spirit so that my conscience is clear because when God talks to me, he talks to my spirit, and my spirit speaks to me through my conscience. Y'all with me? I'm done. If you got something today, give the Lord a praise, would you? Come on, let's thank God for the word. We're learning, we're growing. Hallelujah. Seriously, I still have 25% more of my sermon. I had takeaways, but here's one of the takeaways. What do we do, Pastor? We want to make sure that we repent daily. Yeah. I want to make sure that we repent daily. Really, Pastor? Yeah, 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of all unrighteousness. That's for Christians. So how do you keep a clean, clear conscience, Pastor? You, you repent quickly. You ask God for forgiveness quickly. I, I can't hold on to offenses because offenses sear my conscience. If I hold on to a hurt, a hang-up, if I hold on to condemnation, if I hold on to any of that, what, what does it do? It hinders, it affects my conscience, and so thus I can't hear the voice of God. So what do I do? I repent quickly. I ask God for forgiveness. I let the hurt go. I get rid of the offense. I, I get rid of those things that troubled me, that agitate, that irritate. I give them to God daily. Everybody say daily. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Everybody online Christians praying, please. It, it, you're online today. It's not an accident. This is Christian growth. This is the ABCs. This is our mission. This is why Christians grow or don't right here. And you say, Pastor, I want I heard you talk about the peace of God. Pastor, I need God's peace today. I need God's presence today. Pastor, I need to experience God's love and forgiveness today. Pastor, I need to feel clean today. God loves you and God's for you. And God hasn't abandoned you. He's waiting for you. If that's you, for the first time or to recommit, press the button on your device right now. Faith is an act. You got to do something. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. Here in this room, in the lobby, the Rock Express, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But you say, Pastor, God's dealing with me. I don't want a shallow Christian walk. Pastor, I don't know God, but I want to know the God of peace. I need his peace in my life. I can't sleep. I'm taking medication. I'm agitated, irritated, upset. I lose my temper at the drop of a hat. I get upset. I want to get back. I want to get, I don't want to live like this, Pastor. I want to give all this to God today. I want to give my life to God today. I want to know the call of God on my life today. Pastor, pray for me. Or you might be a believer, but you say, Pastor, I need to reset. I need to repent. I need to get rid of some dirt in my life, some stuff in my life. I need to clean out the closet. I need to recommit. Pray for me today, Pastor. I want to reset my life. I want to go higher in God. I want to get stronger. I want to get closer to God. I want to be intimate with God. I need his presence. Pray for me. No one's going to come to you, but faith is an act. If that's you in every section, 
You say, Pastor, just pray for me today. Lift your hand up high. God will honor that act right now. Hand up high. Wave it at me until I cross the whole room. Put it up high. Christians are praying. Don't miss it, anybody. Don't miss it. This is a special anointing. Never be another anointing like this one. Every Sunday's different. Pastor, pray for me. Put your hand up. I'm still waiting for just a second. Then put your hand right back down. God bless you. All right, church, let's pray this prayer together. Let's help them right now. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, I repent. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me. He rose again. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Take my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Look up and let's celebrate with heaven. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're a part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.